what when's the last time I took a photo of him? What's the last picture I took? When but screw the last picture? What what did I do this morning? And I was trying to retrace my morning. Like, did I did I look at him this morning? Like I was just th- going about my errands, and then the panic inside of me. What was that last morning? Hello, hello. This is the Help Me See podcast, and I'm your host, Bianca Mora. I'm an artist, educator, and a self-admitted, highly functioning, anxiety-ridden mama who's obsessed with making meaning and art out of this one and only life. Something that seriously pains me is hearing someone say, I just wish I knew how important that was at the time or when I lay my head down at night and I think about all the times during the day with my kids that I was anything but present. It's exhausting, but I really believe that there's comforting news here. I believe that if we continue having conversations about intention and awareness, we can live more fulfilled lives and create amazing work. I hope you leave each episode feeling inspired by your everyday and a deep peace of knowing that you're not missing it. So grab your coffee, settle in, and let's talk about everything that's right in front of us. Oh boy, episode number one. That's intimidating. It's like a writer looking at a blank page. It's so hard just to start. Just starting. It all feels so big because it all feels so important to me and I want to say it all, but it's just too much. So when I think about what I want to say in the first episode, not that the order really matters, I think it's important to talk about my why. And it feels very vague which is against everything you ever learn when it comes to talking about, you know, some a point that you want to get across. You have to be specific. But I find that when I try hard to adhere to any sort of rules, I always dig myself in a hole. Ever since I can remember... Like, since I've started making memories as a human, I don't even know what age that really is. I have always been really afraid. Afraid of so many things. I mean, I was in, like, first grade. I was never afraid of, like, the boogeyman or anything whimsical. I was asking my parents, if they locked the door while they were putting me to bed, you know, just, I've always been deeply rooted in reality. Even my dreams, they're like documentary films. There's nothing fun about them. Um, And I, I've always been a little bit annoyed at myself because I don't know where it came from. Like, I don't have a right to Well, I don't feel that I have a right to be so neurotic in the ways that I am because thankfully, up until this point in my life, knock on wood and everything, I haven't experienced a lot of loss and I haven't experienced a lot of 
heavy, heavy, heavy things that would make me function the way that I do in the world and in my brain. Until recently, with the loss of my dog, Tyson. That was the worst I've ever felt in my whole life. I mean, the loss of him will just never go away. It'll never leave me. And I mean, I, I prefer it that way. I don't, I don't want to not feel that pain. I mean, I, I know he wouldn't want me to feel pain, but for me, the pain in my stomach that I feel whenever I think about him, it just symbolizes love, healthy or not. But the reason I want to talk about Tyson is because while I was re- reflecting about him and his life and our relationship, I realized that he symbolized so much of what I aspire to be and do in this life. And the fact that he's not here makes it more important than ever and harder than ever to um, keep that up. I am a very anxious person. <sighs> I'm trying to work through it. I I get stressed. I feel pretty manic. I am always have a million things going on in my head. And with him, I loved him so much and so hard in a way that I could be into the vortex doing what I was doing. And if I just caught him in the side of my eye, just laying down on the couch, I would, I could just stop what I was doing and just put my face in his neck and just like breathe into him. There was just no words for how much I loved him. I mean, I, I would look at him and just feel pain, like an ache because I, it hurts how much I loved him. Like when I would pet him, I would look in his eyes and I would, <laughs> I sound crazy. I would whisper in his ear, I love you, I love you, I love you. And when I laid on him or when I pet him, it's just like I couldn't pet him hard enough. He just gave me such a peace and he pulled such an intentionality out of me. And I'm sure a big part of it is, you know, because I had a heightened awareness of the brevity of a dog's life. It's like the most unfair thing in the world. If anything, dogs should be living forever. Um, if they choose to. <laughs> so maybe that's just something that I always had in the back of my mind that made me love them harder. But, you know, we never know. We never know. Dog, human, cat, whatever. You just never know. So the idea of loving harder should just be for the sake of loving harder. Not because you're paranoid about the time ticking on a clock. 
So naturally, through the years, I photographed him a lot. I took many videos, many selfies with him. I guess that slowed down a little bit once my son was born and then my second. I didn't have the crazy amount that I did before that. But I did still keep taking pictures and videos of him. And the morning he passed, it was actually early afternoon. I had to go to like the eyeglass store and I was gone a little bit longer than I would have been that morning. Thank goodness. Um... Cassius was in his room napping and uh, he just fell over. Uh, It was out of nowhere. They think he threw a clot. So there was no warning at all. He was, he would have been eight. It was pretty traumatic. My partner tried everything and uh, there was just nothing. It was instant. So, after the absolute hell of taking him to the vet, like driving there, I mean, it was, <laughs> I guess it's still too fresh. I can't really talk about it. Um, but we got home and I started panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, like, I didn't take a picture of him today. Well, pause. I did take picture of the back of his head as he was laying there before they wheeled him off because I'm morbid and I just couldn't not have one last photo of him but I was just thinking what when's the last time I took a photo of him what's the last picture I took when screw the last picture what what did I do this morning and I was trying to retrace my morning like did I did I look at him this morning like I was just going about my errands and then the panic inside of me what was that last morning and then I had this sigh of relief this huge sigh of relief I remembered of course of course of course he was laying at the foot of the bed And laying and staring out the window. He had like a little pond in the backyard and he was just staring. And uh, I cuddled with him. I kissed his nose. I held his face and I looked in his eyes and I told him I loved him. I had no idea. Obviously, I had no idea what was to come. Wow, this is like the most depressing first podcast episode ever I should be nominated (laughs) and also I'm sure it's really not fun listening to someone cry in your headphones or your car I digress my all that to say (laughs) of course I had an intentional morning with him because that is what he pulled out of me always always and it was effortless with him he was like (laughs) canine xanax or something i don't know he just had a way of bringing me to my center 
and the way I felt for him and the way that I was able to live because of him is how I want to be for the rest of my life with everyone that I care about and cherish. So there's that. There's the actual experience of living that showed me that this is what I want to be. And then there was the realization of this notion in my mind on creating this like obsessive stockpile archive of memories and images and videos and you name it, whatever other things I hoard. They were all there and I was almost scared. Half of me was like frantic to go look at them and the other half of me was just too scared and didn't want to. But it did function the way that I thought it would. I know as I'm taking all these pictures of my family and my loved ones that I'm creating like a safe haven for myself for the, God forbid, worst case scenarios. Like that's just part of my DNA. That is just the way I think. And this is like the first time that I've ever had to really use my work as a crutch in that severe of a way. And it's hard, but it's also beautiful because photographs change in time. The meaning changes, what you see changes. It's just, you know, not to be corny, but I just find them to be so fascinating and so transcendent. This image was nothing before, but now it is everything. This... I didn't think of this like this, but now I do. Or, wow, looking at the 4,000 pictures I took, I'm noticing this huge common thread. You know, like all of that, all of that. And these are only things that you get to experience when you have material to look back on, have documentation to look back on. And this is such a huge reason why I am, want to do this and I want to talk about this and I want to make the courses and do the workshops. I cannot bear the thought of nothingness, nothingness, nothingness without something to be able to look back on. I'm a photographer. I love taking photographs for families but no matter what, I'm not going to be able to take the absolute most raw, real moments of your life. That's going to be you. It just is. And that's why I want to empower people to think differently about the way that they're choosing to document their lives and the way that they're, even outside of physically documenting just the way that they're choosing to register their life just having this intentionality lens over your eyeballs like the way I did when I was with my dog of reverence for the moments for all of the moments 
especially the understated moments. I was in this business program and one of the lovely people I got to meet, she said something broke me into, it just really pains me to hear these things, but she did say it in such a lovely way. She was saying how she had all the pictures of her her kids on the first day of school and the holidays and the this and the that. She's like, but she would trade them all just for a few photos or some video of her kids just sitting at the table eating breakfast or just the nothingness of that. I'm not going to combat the fact that there's definitely a need and a purpose for the sweet staged photos, you know, the clean portraits, looking right at the camera. I get it. I'm there for it. I want them to. I have them to. But acknowledging that those aren't the actual real moments of your life that you're going to want. It's kind of easy to think about what your loved one looks like standing there smiling. But to have a home video or a photograph of them being caught in the most natural, unaware state, there's something magical about it. And I think that we all just need to tune in to a frequency that enables us to see and live in that space. And then we can pick and choose when we want to take the photo or take the video or make the art about that moment. For me, a lot of it is rooted in being so afraid of missing out, of having regrets, of just not being aware and present during the most important things in my life. Coming back to Tyson, I mean, I don't think I can say about anything else in my life, not even about with my children. I don't have any regrets with him. I couldn't have loved him harder. I probably couldn't have kissed him more. <laughs> I couldn't have held his face more. I didn't. There weren't days that I just ignored him. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, it is so painful for him to not be here. But this feeling of strange comfort, you know, encircled in the grief of him not being here, but the, the comfort and the shock, really, of being able to look back on my experience in this life with this creature that I love so much and to not have regrets about it, like that is amazing. I can't even, I couldn't say that about anything else right now. I will spend the rest of my life thinking more about that and finding ways to echo the energy of that in all that I do. Oh, I love that dog. P.S. I, um, we do have a new dog. We got him about a month after Tyson passed. His name is Miles. Uh, he threw me into an identity crisis. <laughs> 
objectively um, and intellectually, I understand that no dog is the same and blah, blah, blah. And puppies are hard work. But uh, I thought that I'm just a person who loves all dogs and I rescue dogs and I this and I that and <laughs> Miles annoyed me very much as <laughs> a <So> puppy. <laughs> I I ended up having like baby blues when I got that puppy. Um, we are doing much better. I have come around. I have come around. He's a sweet, sweet boy. I just really miss my Tyson. <laughs> We're more on the same level. Tyson was a little bit more of a nervous Nelly Eeyore type at times. And I don't know, maybe Miles is just too happy for me. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. I mean, if you've made it this far, I... <laughs> I actually apologize to you for crying in your ear, but um, let me know if you have questions or if you have comments. I look forward to continuing to dig deeper into what this all means and more about fun stuff and how we can actually take small, actionable steps that lead to just huge rewards later through documenting this life and through just having having that lens thanks so much for listening and i will catch you next time okay well that was a wrap on episode number one i hope i didn't scare you away and you can come back for some more conversations that i promise will probably be more fun um if you're looking to find out more information i want to get on my email list um you can go to my website at www.biancaliamora.com and uh, if you like the podcast give it a subscribe and uh, feel free to leave a review thanks and i'll catch you next time